From around the world, this is the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. This podcast is a serial narrative, a story told episode by episode. Consequently, your listening journey would best be begun at the beginning. That's Bruff Taxwind Sky Sailor, Episode 1. It is the year 2016, and life has lost all meaning. What once was up is down. What once was right is wrong. And those who dare to make a podcast which subversively reanimates the dead art of radio theater are considered dangerous criminal outcasts. Driven into exile, four pungent brigands risk their lives each week to broadcast from a South Seas barge, crudely fashioned from the disintegrating corpse of an ancient titan and several thousand yards of cooking twine, to bring you the triumph, the majesty, the sublimity of rude alchemy. Shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, does she really need to do this? Is the money that good? It's her body, her choice, I suppose, but who am I to judge? Oh, boy, I should not be watching this on the company computer, but she is so damn talented. She's really got chops. Oh, just a minute, please. Minimize, minimize, minimize... Jesus, why won't I minimize? For f**k's sake, Courtney, do not come in here. Okay, okay, uh, good, it's minimized. Thank you, computer. <laughs> Wait. Wait, why Why is there still audio? I closed the damn window. Courtney, shut the door, have you no decency? Oh, what? What do you mean we're still on the air? We still have 15 mi- Oh, dear God, how time flies when you're watching pornographic material. Courtney, help. Please, help. Please, Courtney, help me. Look, I, I minimized it, but Tori's ravenous sounds of ecstasy are still loud and clear. Please, please, just do something. Oh, thank God. I knew I could count on you. Court, Courtney, Courtney, it's getting louder. Courtney, Courtney, you're making it louder. Shut it down, Courtney, shut it down. How is the damn power button not working? I'm cutting the power cord. Go get the announcer and put him back on the air. What do you mean that's not a good idea? Just do it! I'm cutting the power... Oh my! Yep. Squeeze it. Squeeze it. Squeeze it. Courtney! Shut the door! I'm in the middle of something! Bruff Taxwind Sky Sailor is brought to you by Stanley Moynihan's Bowel Loosening Poison. Did you know that in small doses, poison is a safe and effective way to loosen the bowels to achieve explosive, nearly blood-free relief? Just follow the simple formula on the back of the bottle to mix the proper ratio and avoid death through intestinal shedding. Last we left our story, Monsieur Tangier, 
after hours of horrific yet imaginative torture at the hands of our hero, Bruff Taxwind, finally cracked and admitted to the contents of the storage hold deep in the bowels of the pigeon, formerly known as the Limping Griffin. A cutting-edge and impossibly large pneumatic drilling device made by none other than Tuscan Talon. Fable, though probably not the best candidate to navigate the cluttered belly of the airship on account of his multiple prosthetic appendages, descended to the holds. He discovered a large crate branded with a double T and a most sinister font, confirming Tangier's admission. Bruff, he's telling the truth. The bastard's telling the truth. I saw it with my own eye. It's as big as a barn, though I couldn't be specific with the exact dimensions on account of my weak depth perception due to my having only one eye instead of two, which humans typically have. It can't be. There's no way he could have got that thing on board without us knowing. When are you going to learn, Bruff? That man is capable of more than we know. No. He's not a magician. How'd you do it, Tangier? How'd you get that thing on my ship? This is all besides the point. What matters is... No. Really. It's going to bother me. So how could you have gotten a huge crate aboard the ship without us knowing? You and those little punks were in our sight the whole time. Bruv, please, don't we have more important things to discuss? Honestly, Tangia, this is just going to keep going on for longer than it needs to. Just tell the man how you got it on board and we can move on. Fine. I had the other boys do it while I had your attention. Other boys? Yes, from the prostitution. Oh, shit. Excuse me? Why, you silver-tongued European dandy. I was defending you on that point. I legitimately thought Bruff was being an asshole when he brought all that up. Sorry, so sorry. I I don't normally let the cat out of the bag like that, especially when it comes to my intricate web of lies. This is your first for me. I'm a little alarmed, actually. Perhaps I should make an appointment with my GP. What are you two freaks talking about? Oh, hell, that's right, bruv. Uh, the narrator fella wiped your mind clean of the whole underage male prostitution scheme. Someone better start explaining what's going on here, or I am going narrator? to... Narrator? Uh, narrator? Oh, hey, Fable. Yeah, you know, I know exactly where you are going with this. Thanks, narrator. I mean, it turned out Bruff was right, and I know with all my heart this would be a life-changing and truly joyous event for Bruff. It's not every day his simple and highly perverted theories are actually confirmed. He needs this. I am on the same page, Fable. You can't be a loser all the time, am I right? I mean, that's just not healthy. So, uh, yeah, consider it done. At the sound of the bell, Bruff will immediately remember all previous knowledge of his controversial child prostitution theory, as well as the past few moments of conversation, including Tangier's stunning admission that he does in fact run the aforementioned child prostitution ring. All right, I've had it. I've got this guy talking about altering my memory, this guy talking about pimping boys. What is going on? I f- King knew it. Oh, you motherfuckers. You all made me out to be some freak who just couldn't let it go. Oh, just drop it, bruv. Who said anything about child prostitution, bruv? Make sure bruv isn't allowed to volunteer at the Boys and Girls Club. Oh, but the tables have sure turned, haven't they? 
Maybe Bruff Taxwin can have a legitimate point from time to time. And now, maybe, just maybe, everyone won't hastily jump on the let's shit on Bruff bandwagon. Ho 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 ho! This is great. This is so great. This... This feels so good. This... Never... Happens. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! I'm gonna come. Oh shit! I'm coming. I'm coming. Oh. Oh. Rough. Yeah, just give me a second. All right, but you take as long as you need. So, uh, Tangia, I can understand creating a system to recruit and train children to ultimately become assassins, but prostitution? Come on, buddy. I know, I know. It's actually a funny story. Three or four years ago, I get this phone call. All right, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good, guys. Just a moment, bro. Tangia was just about to... Uh, uh, no, 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 no. We, we, <laughs> we aren't listening to this flop anymore. We can't trust a thing he says. You need to get back down to the storage bays and open that crate and see if this drill is really what's in there. All right, bruv. Though, it did just take me 30 minutes to get down there and back, being a multiple amputee and whatnot, but sure, I'll go again. Fantastic. As Fable made his way to the hatch, a deafening deep horn began to blow, which froze the men in their tracks and thoughts. What the hell is that? Hell if I know. It's the Yugoslavian border alarm. Gentlemen, we have arrived at our destination. Beneath the airship, the Yugoslavian people were in chaos. Word had been leaked to the population that rough Taxwind, the Sky Butcher, the murderer of thousands, was on his way to wreak havoc upon the Yugoslavian innocent. Unfortunately, Yugoslavian defense mechanisms were rather antiquated, except for their advanced warning system, which we heard as the Griffin approached the border. Fun fact, the horn itself was fashioned from nearly 10,000 chamois goat horns, natives of the neighboring Carpathian mountain region. But nine times out of ten, the border alarm only managed to throw the masses into a fearful chaos as they realize they have no legitimate means to fight off their unwanted visitors. For instance, their main line of defense was a garrison of catapults constructed in the previous century. Their ammo for said catapults, shit, and lots of it. Yes, folks, people began launching sacks of shit toward the encroaching airship in a feeble attempt to defend their homeland. They even brought out the Triad, three of their mightiest and most revered shit catapults, all named after great Yugoslavian warriors, the Sora Blaze, the Harlan Kori, and the Caleb Jest, or Jet, or however you pronounce that name. Each could heave incredibly large amounts of feces into the heavens. They were a sight to see. Meanwhile, back on the Griffin, Bruff and Fable took cover from the ensuing shitstorm. My god, do they honestly think slinging manure at a warship will do anything? They've got to have rocks down there, am I right? It was a design error. Unfortunately, the Yugoslavians aren't known for their weapon engineering. Their catapults cannot handle any rigid payload of a sizable weight, so shit was their best option. Chances are, however, there are plenty of nasty diseases in said shit. Oh, I... I didn't think about that. I think I got some in my mouth. 
Oh, me too. This stuff sprays when it hits the deck. Uh, yeah, sure. They are an innovative people about 15% of the time. Don't forget, Bruff, you have plenty of actual weapons aboard this ship. Defend yourself, Bruff. After all, your cargo is only means to save entire region. I'd imagine only a few hundred would die at your hands. Compare that to the millions if the seismic activity isn't counterbalanced. You keep your mouth shut. I'm not about to fire ordnance into a crowd of scared people whose only means of defense are burlap sacks of excrement. At that moment, a particularly soupy load crashed five feet from where Bruff stood, with a splash radius of well over ten feet. Oh, my, my mouth. <laughs> I can't see. I can't see. Oh, Fable, help! Hold on, partner. I'm on my way. As Fable made his way across the slippery deck, a loud rumble was heard from below, and there was an immediate cessation of the shit barrage. Fable assisted Bruff in clearing the caca out of his eyes and nostrils, and then they both peered over the edge of the ship to find the people and their catapults below, lying in ruins. What the hell happened? They're all dead. I, I, I didn't fire a shot. Was an earthquake, mon ami. Do you believe me now? Take a look at the carnage, bruff, and know that the one to come, the big one, will be a thousand times as strong, killing countless men, women, and children. You need to bring this ship to the surface and unload the drill, or all will be lost. No, I don't believe you. I'll never believe a word that comes out of your mouth. But I can't risk the lives of all those below. You're coming below with us, and we'll see if you're telling the truth. So help me, God Tangier, if you aren't, there will be a price to pay. Fair enough. Untie me, and let's get to the drill. Are you f***ing nuts? Fable promptly removed his peg leg and clobbered Tangier over the head, knocking him out cold. Fable and Bruff dragged Tangier's unconscious body down to the cargo hold. They stood before the towering crate in awe. My god, Fable, you weren't kidding. This thing is immense. I don't know how we're still in the air. I don't like mysteries, Bruff. Let's get on with it and crack this thing open. The two grabbed whatever they could find to pry open the crate. This damn thing is sturdy. How many nails did they use? You all right there, partner? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, how my hand slipped off the crowbar and hit the wood. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, now I got a splinter over here. Ooh, yeah, yeah let me let me sparks. take a look at it. Double pressure oh, on it, double pressure oh, on it. Oh, yeah, that's a deep one. I keep some tweezers Ooh. under my leather flap. Yeah, I can get it out before you can say scuppernog pie. Uh, no, 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 no. I'll, I'll, I'll be fine. It's just a splinter. That's my boy. Actually, yeah, this is all I'm going to think about. I, I, I got to get it out now. Sure thing, bruv. Let me take a look. Mmm. Hmm. Mm. I can see it. I can see it. Yeah, now, yeah. All right, now let me just get a hold of it. Oh, this is going to hurt, isn't it? Uh, it'll be uh-huh. just fine. Hey, hey, bruv. Hey, bro, you remember that story you told me about the time a milk snake wandered into your rucksack? Oh, boy, oh, boy, you had a mighty surprise, didn't you? Did, did I tell you that story? <laughs> I could have sworn it was a rattler, but it turns out rattlers have this clump of dead skin on the end of their body that rattles. This one didn't. There she is. One fully intact splinter. Hey, 
That didn't hurt at all. <laughs> How'd you do that? Just a little misdirection, my boy. Hey, fellas, are we all set here? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, Did we're... you see the size of that splinter, by the way? We are. Yeah, right we're good. I mean, I don't want to interrupt this tender moment or anything, but we've got a we've got a story to tell. No, by yeah. All yeah, 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 yeah. Go no, ahead. No, That's no problem. Fine. No problem. No problem. Okay, so why don't you two, if it's not much to ask, open the fucking crate? Fable and Bruff went back at it with renewed vigor and made short work of the crate. They were able to loosen the front panel, and it came crashing down in a cloud of sawdust and dirt. When it all cleared, what stood before them was not what they expected. There was no drill within its contents. Instead, a massive bomb sat before them. Thousands of cords and tubes snaked out from the core of the apparatus. They all led to a battered and barely breathing human body. They connected to his head, his chest his arms and legs, or what was left of them anyways. Upon closer inspection, Bruff made the realization that this terminal being was none other than his brother Whiff Taxwind. Bruff spun around to find Tangier awake. Surprise, for he is a jolly good fellow, for he is a jolly good fellow, for he is a jolly good... Fellow, wish nobody can deny. Ah, I love seeing that look on your face, bruv. I've seen it so many times. It fits you well. You son of a bitch! Bruff ran at Tangier and began pummeling his face. This is all you're doing. You turned that goofy kid into a monster. I put him out of his misery. I did him a favor, but you just couldn't let that happen, could you? Could you, you sick bastard? Easy, bro. We still need him. I want him dead, Fable. You hear that, Tangier? You're a dead man. But there's so much more to tell, my boy. He's right, bruv. I, I hate to say it, but he's right. Start talking. Start talking now. So help me God. Of course, of course. Where do I begin? Uh, yes, there is no seismic activity in Yugoslavia. It's amazing what kind of nonsense you can feed the media. False geological reports mixed with a few well-timed explosions courtesy of the Tuscan Talon Ordnance Department. It can create quite a feeding frenzy amongst our fanish nichemen. So what's the point of all this? Is Yugoslavia even in danger? Of course it is. Don't forget who you are talking to. Look behind you, bruv. You are about to deliver the most powerful bomb the world has ever seen straight to the heart of Yugoslavia. Tuscan Talon has been sitting on this technology for years. They were simply waiting for the right time and, more importantly, the right man to do the job. Who better for this important task but Bruf Taxwind? and murderer of thousands. The papers and the entire world community will eat it up. Just a warning, bruv, before you get any fancy ideas. You should know, if you attempt to remove your brother from the bomb, it explodes. If his heart stops, it explodes. If he stops breathing, it explodes. It's very simple. If you get the job done, maybe we can talk about shaving your brother and sending you off someplace safe and sound happily ever after. Bruv, listen to me, buddy. He's trying to manipulate you. You know what needs to be done. Fable, do me a favor. Sure thing. Go up top and turn the ship away from this place and set a course for the Atlantic. 
It's a good day to die, don't you think? That it is, bruv. Fable made his way up to the ship's wheel and turned it hard, steering the vessel away from Yugoslavia and toward the Atlantic at full throttle. His own checkered past was racing through his mind, but he was at ease. Fable always wanted an honorable death, and sparing millions seemed a fitting end. Meanwhile, down in the cargo hold, Bruff sat silently, staring at Tangier, who was genuinely surprised at Bruff's decision to sacrifice himself and his brother. His back was to whiff. The mere sight of him bloodied and hooked up to an evil contraption was too much to bear. The silence was broken, however, when Bruff began hearing soft whimpering and coughing from over his shoulder. (coughs) Where am I? What's happening? Bruff reluctantly turned to face his brother, who spoke not as the simpleton, or as the monster that Tangier created, but as a man near death who was afraid. Bruff? Bruff, is that you? Brother? I'm here, Whiff. What's happening to me, Bruff? What is all this? My dear sweet Whiff, you are... Don't you say another word to him, Tangier. Whiff, we're on the Griffin, and we are headed out to the ocean. I'm afraid it's... it's not going to end well for us. Uh, What is all of this? (coughs) I don't know how he did it, but Tangier managed to connect you to a bomb. And if I try and disconnect you, the whole thing will blow. I wish I could help you with, but millions of lives are at stake. I I can't die like this. I don't want to die, brother. (coughs) I'm scared, bruv. You gotta help me. You gotta help me get out of here. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Bruff saw before him his little brother. The boy he lost all those years ago. The boy who he failed so many times. He didn't want to fail him again. But what was there to do? Bruff turned to Tangier. There must be some way to save him. I never said there wasn't a way, Bruff. What do you want to Tangier? I can extricate Whiff from the device and get the two of you to safety, but you will hand the griffin over to me. Why, Tangier? Why would you do that? I've invested too much time and energy into this contract to have it end up in the ocean. And we can always muster up some other scapegoat. But all of those people... Release yourself from the responsibility, boy. This is going to happen with or without you. Think of your brother, bruv. He ended up in my care because of you. He ended up like you see him now because of you. The least you can do is grant him this one wish in his hour of need. Please, Bruff, I'm scared. Bruff produced a blade from his pocket and approached Tangier. He ordered him up, turned around, and began to cut his bindings. Fable G. Lexington made his way back down to the cargo hold to give his friend an update. Bruff, she's all set. We're at full throttle and headed for the ocean. What in Sam hell are you doing? I can't do it, Fable. I can't let him die like this. I've been a deadbeat brother my entire life. This is... This is my one chance to make it right. Listen to me, Bruff. I don't know how, but Tangier is in your head again. Take that knife and put it where it truly belongs. Across his throat. I can't. I'm sorry, Fable, I can't. Then I'll do it my goddamn self. Fable drew his bowie knife from his hip and lunged toward Tangier and Bruff. 
Considering all of his handicaps, the old man was swift, but Bruff made his cut first, freeing Tangier from his restraints. Tangier threw his head back, catching Bruff square on the nose, knocking him over with a spray of blood. Nearly simultaneously, Tangier caught the wrist of the charging colonel, twisting upwards to avoid a knife to the gut. He was simply too strong for the old man. He held onto Fable's wrist and wrapped the back of his free hand across Lexington's face, bringing him to his knee. Tangier pried the knife from his hand and swung around behind him, putting the blade to his throat. Fable? Bruff, don't! Tangier slid the knife across Fable's throat and kicked him to the ground. That felt good. Tangier approached a dazed Bruff, still incapacitated from the trauma to his head. He gingerly placed the blade between Bruff's eyes. You bastard. Careful, my boy. I shall rarely keep my word. But today has been a good day, and I'm feeling generous. Don't ruin it with such harsh words. Tangier retreated to the bomb and began a complicated process of unhooking whiff from its cold grasp. Bruff sat frozen from shame, humiliation, and grief. Tangier made quick work of his task, and whiff fell to the floor in a heap. This broke Bruff from his paralysis, and he shuffled over to his brother and embraced him. I've got you, Whiff. We made it. I knew you could do it, brother. I knew I could count on you. Bruff secretly yearned to hear those words for untold years. The joy of finally hearing them dissipated any guilt over the massive ticking bomb sitting in front of him and his brother. Wait, Whiff, it's still ticking. The bomb is still ticking. What do we do now, Tangier? Bruff looked up only to find Tangier had disappeared. Tangier? He then felt the ship turn hard and began to rapidly descend. Come on, Whiff. You've got to get up top. Bruff threw Whiff over his shoulder and made his way to the top deck of the Griffin, only to find the ship's wheel chained in place, driving the ship downward. Bruff turned to the throttle assembly in the hopes of slowing the ship to a crawl, but the controls were destroyed. The situation seemed hopeless, but Whiff spoke up. We gotta get back to the cargo hold. It's our only chance. What are you talking about, Whiff? That thing could blow at any second. I know Tangier. I know Tuscan Talon. And I know that bomb, Bruff. Get us below deck. Without any other options, Bruff heeded the direction of Whiff and carried his brother down to the hold with its deadly cargo. Put me on top of the bomb and open the cargo bay doors. I, I don't know, Whiff. We're running out of time, Bruff. Do it! Bruff did as he was told and set Whiff atop the bomb, grabbed onto a railing, pulled the lever to the cargo doors. They burst open, ripping them from their hinges and flew into the sky, nearly taking Bruff with them. The space was filled with flying debris and a deafening roar. He looked up to Whiff, motioning to him. Get up here now! Bruff struggled to make it back to his brother, but he'd come too far to fail now. Hold on tight! What? Whiff reached upward with his one good arm for a lever marked cargo release and pulled down hard. The bomb went flying out the back of the ship to the two brothers riding its back, holding on for dear life. Two cables attached to both the ship and the bomb ripped away as the bomb cleared the back of the ship, releasing two giant red parachutes. The bomb bucked hard and immediately slowed. Bruff, barely believing what he just witnessed, looked to his brother. You didn't think Tuscan Talon wouldn't take some safety precautions, did you? Speechless, Bruff embraced his brother as they floated gently downward, watching the griffin crash into the wilderness of Yugoslavia. The two sat quietly, admiring the horizon, happy to be together once more. But again, the silence was interrupted by the constant 
ticking coming from the bomb they were sitting on. We can't let this thing go off, Whiff. All those people down there. Have no fear, bruff. Your little brother ain't no simp. Whiff slid back, revealing a small door to a compartment he was sitting on. There was a combination lock, which Whiff immediately began to turn. Ten, nineteen, eighty-four. I'll always remember that combination. It holds special meaning to me. What's that, Whiff? It's the very date you abandoned me. What? Whiff opened the compartment, revealing a ticking metronome and a large red button. Whiff tossed the metronome to Bruff. We don't need that anymore. (laughs) What the hell? Tuscan Talon was kind enough to grant me a little request considering the task I volunteered for. I said, no remote detonators, no timers. Just a simple button for me and my big brother. Ain't that funny? All my life I've called you bruff and brother. But there's really no word that fits you quite as well as pigeon. <laughs> With no... Tangier's influence was too much, and Whiff's last sinister action in this world was to push the button that decimated an entire nation. The bomb ignited the atmosphere and millions died. The few who survived came to call it the event. Even after 25 years, the populace never exactly knew what had happened. Only that a killer named Bruff Taxwin came to the land upon an airship and ripped a hole into the fabric of reality which allowed the dead to walk among the living. Taxwind Sky Sailor is brought to you by the reassuring touch of a good woman. I'm not talking anything sexual or even romantic. Just a light, knowing touch on the hand from a woman with a kind ear and a warm smile. It's enough to make you believe in life again until the moment you realize she's not smiling at all, but she's screaming for the police, and it's not a reassuring touch, but a fearful, clawing grip of terror. Well, listeners, we've just heard the climactic finale of yet another epic season from Rude Alchemy. They just keep getting better and better, folks. Normally, this is the part of the show where something terrible happens to me, which sets off a series of events that make me feel like shit. But it's been about 12 seconds since we completed the episode, and nothing has happened. I can't say I'm complaining, but, you know, you just get used to the way things are. But, uh, yeah, I I wouldn't mind just finishing a season taking a little time off, getting a little R&R. Oh, nope. Here comes Courtney, right on schedule. I'm sure with some bad news probably related to my little snafu at the beginning of the show. (laughs) Come on, give it to me, Courtney. Am I being banished to some hellish scenario where I have to claw my way back to freedom? No? No, I'm not. Huh. Well, that's, uh, that's... Interesting. Um, 
I mean, I was listening to pornography live on the air. I'm sure there's there's got to be some kind of punishment. Oh, really? Just a little sensitivity training and a level up on my sex offender status? That's not bad. That's not bad at all. Huh. Okay, well, uh... Well, I guess that's it, folks. Um, You have yourselves a good one. Rude Alchemy is Mr. Thomas Hodgkin, Mr. Andrew Kane, Mr. Andy Werdner, and Mr. Ryan Whalen. Rough Tax Wins Sky Sailor Story by Rude Alchemy with Mr. Werdner as lead story editor. This episode written by Mr. Whalen and edited by special guest Michael Hahn. Featuring the voices of Rude Alchemy. Music composed by Mr. Benjamin J. Robb. For a listing of creative comments and effects attributions, visit RudeAlchemy.com slash attributions. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. To support Rude Alchemy and gain access to exclusive bonus content including blooper reels from every season, Visit RudeAlchemy.com slash support. And finally, I've received messages from many of you claiming I've gotten myself mixed up in some sort of cult. While I appreciate your communication and the acknowledgement of my existence, I must respectfully tell you that that's a load of hooey. Would a cult promise you eternal life on your own star? Would a cult demand you sever all connections with your family and friends? Would a cult hold an event called Cleansing Day when we all drink from a vat of oversweet flavored drink mix until we all sleep the sleep of the gods and take our places among the next level? I think not. Oops, speaking of Cleansing Day, it's my job to mix the vat of cleansing fluid. I better get going. It takes a lot of flavored drink mix to cover up the other flavors. Buh bye! Chauncey Haworth. Mark Slade and Lothar Tuppen. The demented minds behind the Twisted Pulp Radio Hour bring you Twisted Pulp Magazine. A journey beyond surreality to worlds you never knew or hoped existed. Worlds of the supernatural. Worlds of dark satire. Worlds of nightmarish futures. Twisted Pulp Magazine. If you thought the 21st century was weird enough already, think again. Twisted Pulp Magazine. A step beyond your grandfather's pulp. Available at digitalvaudeville.com. That's D-I-G-I-T-A-L-V-A-U-D-E-V-I-L-L-E.com. Twisted Pulp Magazine.